Welcome to the Ankler Podcast. This is Sean McNulty from the Wake Up Newsletter here at the Ankler. Here with me today, of course, are Janice Min and Richard Rushfield, of course. And you can, of course, follow us on the socials at the Ankler. That's the same across all platforms. Super easy. And you can subscribe to the Ankler also very easily at theankler.com. And uh, speaking of which, in addition to getting all of my Q4 earnings call breakdowns this week in the Wake Up Newsletter, not just Disney. Um, we also had Fox, the New York Times, plus the latest on Lionsgate and the Stars sales separation trial period. Who knows what that's going to be? Uh, what have you? Plus Richard's great piece on uh, all of the earnings called Madness this week and, and what it's doing to Hollywood. Kind <laughs> of was a really mm-hmm. great perspective, Richard, on that. And definitely check that out again at theankler.com. And it also got you a great piece, uh, a guest piece um, from our special guest today. James Grimmelman, who's a law professor at Cornell. Some would say the law professor at Cornell, but we can ask him about that. Uh, he's going to come up in a few minutes, uh, but he did a fantastic piece. Obviously, chat GPT is uh, taking over all the talk in 2023. Who had that in their preview pieces at the end of 2022? But uh, we'll leave that there. Um, but just on what it means for Hollywood, uh, he had a fantastic Napster analogy in it, I thought, which I want to get into with him uh, and much more. So, uh, we will get to that in a few minutes, and we'll find out how uh, Chat GPT can replace me. Wait, Janice, did you write that? What's going on? That's not very nice. <laughs> uh, but first, uh, Richard, how's your Disney stock doing this week? You uh, feel feeling good? How's your investment? Yeah, all we need is to get rid of twenty percent of the company, and uh, and and uh, it's on. It's roaring again. So. Uh, Disney came uh, good enough for Nelson, uh, good enough to get rid of uh, the proxy battle. Apparently, good enough for Nelson Pelts, good enough for me, right, Richard? Is that uh, that's the mantra around the angler? Absolutely. I mean, uh, Iger, Iger's back and thrown thrown his weight around and uh, yeah. getting getting things back on track there. So, Janice, what was your what was your observations? We didn't talk too much. We haven't really talked much about this, Janice. So, uh, what what was no, your no observations uh, here? Well, so it felt like felt like probably for wall street and people in town that the message from Iger was a little bit like dad's back. He's in charge. Well, like that was the old, that was the November message. That message is old now. Yeah. <laughs> dad is, yeah. That weird dad's the daddy's back um, or whatever. But, stuff. Yeah. but that, you, I mean, I, I'm curious to hear your take, Sean, that if, is it Iger's, uh, the things Iger said in his plan, he laid out, which revealed a business facing all the headwinds that everyone else is facing. But because Iger delivered it, it felt the stock popped. It felt reassuring. It felt like there was a plan. And some of it is just the confidence in Bob Iger. Is that, is that right? Oh yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, so as every earnings call, the analysts ask questions and pop on and, you know, they were, I mean, look, he's back. You always kind of do a deferential good to see you, but it was definitely like the tone was we're very happy, <laughs> happy to have you back. Uh from the investor analyst community certainly was was there, Janice. But mm-hmm. look, I mean, you know, as much as the news and the, the business financials are happening, messaging matters and delivery matters. And that's you know, that was a big part of what Chapek, you know, was essentially booted for was his everybody's odd November, you know, earnings call was he just sounded like he wasn't in Poor touch communicator. with communicator. Right. Well, and he, so, he, go ahead, Richard. 
he sounded at the, at the end there, uh, you know, mortal, mortal sin was denying that there was a problem. And then that final call, just saying, oh, we're doing, we're doing fine. Parks up down. <clears throat> Who yeah, can make anything of, of very that? Very cheery and, voice, uh, kind of like a grandpa voice going on with like telling you the fable of story. And, you know, and Bob came on and the, his style is just very direct that way and was like, you know, uh, honest as much as you can be it's too it's still only two months into basically his tenure here remember you know remember that as well um but it was very much here's the you know here's the plan and bob you know bob's a pro it's like he is not his first day on the job here he got rid of nelson pelts real fast he's like we're putting this the kibosh is put on this you know i was you know nelson can go on cnbc and say oh he listened to me not that Iger was going to be needing needed to cut costs no matter what anyway. Um, so yeah, it was just uh, you know, look, the news well, wasn't great. Uh, I mean, you're well, cutting seven thousand. Run us through the highlights, Sean. Yeah, I mean, what... you're you're cutting seven thousand people essentially this year. That's about you know three percent of the workforce, and the you know, but that's not going to be in the theme parks. And the theme parks are up, you know, the revenue is up twenty percent. Like that part of the business is cranking. Sh- you so know, people be... are paying those extra fees, <laughs> right. which yeah. That's kind of the 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 hidden. It's not irony per se, but the reason Iger's first six months are going to look good is because of the things that JPEG put in place, namely the price hikes at Hulu and the price hikes at Disney and the price hikes at the park. Janice, as I just mentioned, I mean Bob Iger, Bob one reeled those back a little bit, you know, when he first came in, but it wasn't like a it wasn't a total you know uh, scale down of what JPEG put in place. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're seeing effects of that at the theme parks, but uh, yeah, the layoffs are coming, and he's cutting, you know, five point five billion dollars um, in cutbacks. So, and so you, um, I saw you on CNBC this week, Sean, talking about oh, yeah. it. you were very good. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, we we should we should be in business with that person. He's very good. Um, <laughs> the uh, but he, you said that most of the cuts are coming from marketing. Yeah, and that was a big. He repeat, you know, he didn't say uh, efficiency, Janice. Thankfully, in his speech, as yeah. far as I heard, uh, but he did mention, you know, you're spending too much on marketing quite a few times. You being the previous administration here, but you know, collective we, and that sounded like mainly Janice to start as spending on like brand marketing for like Disney Plus and Hulu, and like not not like we're spending too much on the Avatar campaign. More that. You know, again, he's very, not very broad, but it wasn't like a, you know, very detailed way, but it was more like we're spending too much on marketing the streaming services. We don't have to spend the money we're spending to get the subscriber editions we're getting. Right. Um, and he said, you know, so essentially the numbers, Janice, you know, it's a $2.5 billion in cuts in non content spending. It's $3 billion in content spending. We can talk about that in a second. But so $2.5 billion of cuts, half of which is in marketing. So that's $1.25 billion less marketing spending essentially this year. Uh, and, and then presumably 30... fewer marketing jobs than. Well, that, it... well that's, well, that's just the marketing spend, Janice. Then yeah. The yes. other 30% is in labor. So that's you know thirty percent. So ouch, that's seven hundred fifty million dollars in in job cuts. Presumably, if you're spending less marketing, you need less people in the marketing groups. So that's just you know logic. And then the extra twenty percent was in technology and other costs, which sounded like would be much more like a next year kind of thing. Well, so explain also the statement that was said on the call that Bob Iger said about generalized entertainment content. Was that the phrase he used? General entertainment. Yeah, that was the other phrase. So it was marketing costs and general entertainment was the word with the, the that $3 billion of content cuts that was associated. That term was associated most with that. 
to differentiate what that means. So essentially reading between the lines a little bit. So, you know, Bob's a franchise guy. Clearly, when he was here before, he bought Marvel. He bought Star Wars. That was, you know, those were his big purchases. So anything Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, and broadly animation are probably relatively safe. He did say we're spending too much on, like, per se, that maybe the series budgets may scale back a bit, or maybe we only do four Star Wars series instead of five, you know, whatever it might be. But the major cuts are going to be in general entertainment. So what is that? It's basically everything else. Well, it's ABC, it right? Could be ABC, could be your, you know, free form FX. FX. Those are cable networks, you know, the cable business, or, you know, are we spending too much? Do you need FX and FX on Hulu? Probably. Nat you know, Geo, like, right? Nat People, Geo's in yeah. there as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it could be any, all this stuff. And then Hulu spending that's you know, the Pam and Tommy, that's, you know, the dropout, whatever. That's general energy. The, the Chippendales, that's all general general entertainment. That's Chip also... Chippendale, not Chippendales. Or Chip... Did you mean Chippendales no, or Chippendale? Yeah, the Camille Nanjiani. because they also... Didn't they also do Chippendale <laughs> Rescue we're Rangers? In, we're in different demos here, Janice, <laughs> apparently. So, clearly. Um, but that could also be, you know, 20th Century Fox, Janice, and the, how many movies, you know, how many more Amsterdams of the world do we want to be doing? Well, you know, probably not like, very many. I well, I mean, yeah, that was already scaling <laughs> in a certain way, but how much so, but he, he didn't really define, he, you know, he just used that term general entertainment. So it's more, we're going to find out more. And again, it's only been two months, but the next three months will probably shed right. a lot of light on that. And we'll see Janice and Richard, if the unordering happens at Disney as well. Yeah. Well, so, we'll, it, well, Sean, also, I should just note, or I'm curious your thoughts, general entertainment doesn't help feed the the beast of Disney, which is like theme park rides, merchandise, like, and I'm assuming every single thing they put forward, they want to try to do the whole Disney 360 treatment on. Yeah, and he did mention a new Avatar ride is coming there to Los Angeles as well. Uh, just right. For, <clears> making <throat> another folks. Frozen and another... Uh... Right. Go right. back to the big franchises. Right. There's not going to be yeah. an Elizabeth Holmes doll from the dropout. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think you would totally love that, Janice. I, think I, would, I, would, own, I would own 10 of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no. There's your Christmas gift in, in LA. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So new Toy Story movie, which Tim Allen tweeted about this morning. So he's back as Buzz Lightyear. Sorry to Chris Evans. Uh, and a new Zootopia movie. You know, so yeah, this is what Iger does. This exactly right, Janice. It's about the, you know, the fly wheel that term we haven't used in a while yep this is what drives earnings here why are we spending so much not we're gonna spend no money on general entertainment but you're you don't we're not this isn't the our company we're not universal we're not warner brothers who invest in original friend you know content franchises really i mean you know they're not doing megan they're not doing you know they don't do that that's not what they you know they've done a little bit of it but so it's just where like anything Janice. Nothing's going away, but where are the SKUs going to go? Lesser, you know, marketing costs by a lot. So that's, again, more details to come there. And then general entertainment content spending, which, again, we've already theorized several ways. Where does he start, et cetera, et cetera. But again, back to that, will this also, will he, will Disney has not, Disney has not done this yet, but will they join this unordering of series that they've already ordered, you know, $3 billion is a lot of money. So will we see that going forward to add to that sense of unsettlements in Hollywood, which, you know, Richard, you know, you spoke about this in your piece this week. So, uh, you know, what was your kind of takeaway on, on all that news? I mean, once again, it's, it's uh, earning season uh, Palooza and it's just, 
you know, they they have to make hits, and that's 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 about right. it. It's well, it's but Richard, that, can I can I frame your piece yeah, before yeah, you talk yeah. about it? Because I, yeah. I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought the point you made, and it was good timing with um, this crazy earnings week and Disney really dominating like almost like three straight days of entertainment coverage that um, it used to not be this way, that that quarterly earnings have become sort of the new tentpole events in entertainment and that it's, and it is now the driver of decision-making and creative decisions in town. I mean, we, we, we were talking about this uh, ourselves earlier this week, five years ago, even, I don't even remember being aware of the early, the quarterly earnings call happened as someone right. that that was covering, let alone uh, focus, focusing our lives around it. And it's just uh, it it it's just created these really short term incentives. And every every three months, you've got to somehow juice the system and everything. It's um, it and and I think it's very uh, tough to run a to run an entertainment business that way, where you know the things that Iger is doing, it will be. It'll be three to five years before they 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 pay offers of putting for getting a new Frozen started. That's that's not coming anytime uh, soon. It will, uh, but it's it's you've you've got to constantly be juicing the system for your uh, for your shareholders. And, I think you called it an we're living in an analystocracy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and the prop, which which you know to some extent it's it's a business. You got to run a business. That's fine. Uh, the Wall Street analyst community has has just had one uh, focus in recent years, which is make give us another Netflix. Uh, we we look at that Netflix stock chart and we want one of those. Uh, so it, 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 if 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 Iger were to stand up there and say tomorrow, okay, we're shutting down theatrical and we're shutting down everything, we're 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 sending all our our, our ride operators to. Uh, to, to work on the uh, to, to work on the Disney Plus service, the the markets will probably uh, uh, throw a parade in his honor or something like that. But uh, but it, it it is just not a way to run an entry. They they don't they don't get the idea that this is a business of hits and hits have to have to come from surprising places and you have to develop a lot of things and you have to try a lot of things and you don't know which of your uh, shows is going to be a hit in advance. Um, unless you're doing Frozen Three, which, by the way, uh, Frozen Two was not didn't exactly set the world on fire. Uh, there, there was a Frozen sequel, if you remember. I do remember. Um, oh. I've seen the Frozen um, Broadway show, also. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> Got your punch card there, Janice. That's exactly. exactly. Well, out, out of very, Frozen Three, Frozen was Three very good. That, apparently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See that you bought the merch for. There you go. You didn't yeah, get the dropout yeah. doll, but yeah. you got the. I Olaf. have some Elsa, many Elsa and Anna. Did, did Anna. you go as Elsa or Anna? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm definitely an Anna, not an Elsa. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> Um, um, so just one other thing there, Janice, just outside of streaming, the other big announcement was they're breaking ESPN out as the right, third right. pillar of the company, um, which again, I know sports is your favorite topic, but, uh, love. you know, love it. So essentially the Disney uh, earnings report has always had two lines, what's, you know, the media and entertainment division, which is movies, TV, you know, the streaming, all that stuff. And then the theme parks. Now there's gonna be a third separate line starting later this year for ESPN and essentially their sports business, which is really putting up, you know, uh, I mean, look, it operates independently no matter what. Anyways, it has nothing to do with, you know, the dropout on Hulu. Um, but 
it's really a, a forward-looking thing to say sports is going to be a big part of the company going forward. It always has been, but we're going to really break this out to show you how much money this is generating and how much you know of a thing this is. And you know, the speculation begins. Bob Iger said, "You know, we're not spinning it off. We looked at it last year. Trust me, we did the diligence on this. It's a bad idea, but." Could that open it up for an investor to come in on that line or whatever it was? I mean, remember ESPN was actually, or I think it maybe still is owned by the channel was owned by 25% by A&E networks, I believe. Uh, Hearst. Or Hearst. That was it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did, he, so, did he say anything about uh, going into Bob Chapek's pet project, which was the, the, the gambling and the, uh, no, the, I think the, and the sports? Gambling is now cold in the uh, gotten cold as everybody, again, Back to you know, as there's no money, streaming is losing money, gambling loses money. No one is making money, and you know it's the same the same problem. There are ten you know gambling streaming uh, gambling apps out there. It's got to whittle itself down. At that point, maybe it becomes profitable, but at this point, you know, gambling as this panacea of revenue is like no. Fox has done it, and they're getting out of the business. NBC's done it. They just. <laughs> Kind of renegotiated their deal with with their their partner called PointsBet. So yeah, th- thankfully Richard, that was not part of the conversation for once. But uh, but sports, you know, again, looking forward, you know, it's not sitcoms, it's not cable you know, networks. It's like what's going to survive the TV model, sports and news, and you know, and some entertainment. But they're putting that pillar in there that we are going to be a big sports. We already are, but remember that this is a big line for us going forward. Much like you know, Netflix is uh, turning to gaming as their their third pillar as well. So, but that all being said, Janice, you can't uh, AI a sports game, which is probably also it's AI proof. I think. Well, so, so this is so our guest today, James Grummelman, Cornell Law professor. Um, he wrote a piece for us. Well, I should back up and say the first piece where we have a, this glimpse of the future series. And the first one was written by Ken Ziffrin, who, for those of you who are right. in the entertainment industry know, is he's referred to colloquially as the dean of entertainment, of the entertainment business. He, um, one of the founding partners of Ziffrin Brittenham. But he uh, wrote about how we, we've been talking about the streaming services wrong. And obviously, Sean, you're seeing this in all the earnings calls. Everyone's playing a different strategy now. And, um, and, he outlines why we should think about the seven streamers differently. And then we followed that piece up with James's piece about, um, about how AI, about AI in Hollywood. And it included ChatGPT, Dolly, and all these programs I've never heard of. And we're going to give some examples today of, um, of, of AI and how it can be used for entertainment. And it's a little scary. So, um, hi, James. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> Um, uh, Janice, so, I, I have the first question here. I'm sorry, yeah, 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 off the bat go. here. How good is Chat GPT at gift selection, James? Is it really good at choosing really good gifts for, say, newsletters, or is it not quite <laughs> up to speed on that yet? Just asking for a friend. <laughs> so Chat GPT is not so good with the pictures. Nice. Like, just the basic gift selector in Facebook is a lot better than Chat GPT can do. <laughs> um, awesome. <laughs> but James, so okay. So there are, I think, cynical people about technology who would say, like, we've seen this story before, like the world's going VR, it's 3D, like that these technological waves come and everyone thinks it's going to change the world and it's scary. 
think it was just a couple, just about a, a week ago that that blockchain and NFTs were oh, right. going, going disrupting everything. It, yeah, um, the future. So tell us, James, I think you're taking this seriously. And I just want to preface this and say that people who know James, who I know, say he is one of the smartest people to walk the planet. So, okay. No no pressure, James. There's your intro. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So I teach uh, internet law to law students. And I don't know, my job is talking to them about all the things that are coming and the internet, VR, blockchain, streaming, and drones and like yeah this is all kind of the same story you have a technology what can we learn from the story of one about the others and yeah so they're all gonna fit into our lives in the law and i would have been totally the same way about ai until about six months ago and then the stuff these apps could do started just knocking my socks off and i could just feel the ground shifting underneath me and i'm like Oh, actually, this is really, this is different. Wow. It's it's like arrived, I feel like. And the thing about this that I'll just, I mean, it's it's totally 100% my own perspective on it is you can get this really easily. Where blockchain, you can explain that to me for five minutes. I probably would have a general gist of it. Even NFTs, you know, it took me a day to write a piece on it once. I'm like, all right, here's kind of the analogies. This one, and I'm just going to say chat GPT just because it's most popular, but you said there's a few others out there. You get it right. I mean, pretty easily. Is, am I, is that, am I kind of like wrong on that? Was that kind of your experience too of like, oh, wait, this is a, this is an actual easily understood to most people pivot. Yeah. Like you type in a question and it right. gives you an answer. And yeah. it's like, it's like, not having conversation with an actual person because it's really deferential and kind of a little formal, but it types something, it gives you an answer. There's no, there's nothing, there's nothing to get. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, a friend of mine uh, from the beer world, like said, write me a beer menu. And it wrote, you know, and it wrote back like paragraphs about a chocolate stout and whatever. And he's like, this feels exactly like I walk into any brewery right now, you know, like, and you could put this on a menu in two seconds. Like, you know, and those are jobs and those are people, you know, it's like, yeah. this is, this Sean, is, the, I love that you have a friend in the beer world. Um, well, I have many friends. That's my, you know, my other <laughs> life, Janice in the craft beer, in the craft beer. Um, my, but, my weekend job. But uh, James, you had an example. Um, you put several examples in your story for us. Um, and we'll start with one of the written ones, but then we want to play some stuff. Um, yeah. But you, you know, you typed in, um, you typed in something about Aaron Sorkin and the Chinese balloon. Um, so do you want to just walk us through what happened when you did that? Yes, I asked it to give us like uh, a walk and talk scene in the style of Aaron Sorkin about discovering a balloon over the United States, a Chinese uh, surveillance balloon. And it proceeds to write it in screenplay format with you know stage directions, the names of the characters, and they're cracking jokes. And they're not great jokes, but like... Oh, it's a weather surveillance. That's the best they could do. Okay. Apparently so, sir. Right. And they're they're like walking down, I'm imagining in that when the, in that the script walk they're talk. walking they, yeah, they're walking through the the west wing and like holding folders and papers very sorkin-y, right? Um and the thing is with ChatGPT, it just keeps going until you tell it to stop. Is that right? Yeah. So if like how does the scene continue? It will come back with the president I want that thing shot down. Are you sure, sir? 
this could cause tensions. Get me the Pentagon. And then he prompted again. He will you know, cut to the Pentagon. A general in uniform picks up the phone. Right. He knows how these kinds of plots go and what scene would come next. Right. Oh, like, tell God. me, yeah, Rob Lowe comes in. Tell me what happens next. Then he'll give you, okay, new scene. You know, like, hey, right? You can just prompt it whatever you want, right? Oh my God. So ChatGPT needs an overall deal at a studio, basically, <laughs> at a streamer right away. Um, but I wanted to, you know, early on in your story, you actually, I, I had never heard of this. And it's this, and I don't even, and I, after we play it, I want to know how this is even legal. Um, it's a, it's a website called Drake, Drake it, like, but Drake, like the, like the rapper, but D R A Y K dot I T. And so tell me, tell us what you put in for the prompt on that or how this works or what it is. So it's a site that will generate a you know, cheesy video of a gif of Drake rapping to anything you give it. And it generates lyrics on any subject you ask for. And then it sets them to music. And then it performs a not great, but not bad imitation of drake's voice and then it animates a face making the words okay let's hear it you this is what you typed in legos you yeah yeah young father of young children you are you typed in legos that's where okay. my brain is okay <laughs> let's hear it legos bring me joy got a million pieces i can deploy when i build i'm in control my creativity is my only goal why hasn't drake's why have why hasn't uh drake's i'm assuming vast legal team sent a cease and desist to this website i mean i think the main reason is that nobody's gonna play around with this website instead of streaming his music or going to one of his shows it's amusing it's hype it's you know helps get people talking about it it's fun it probably helps Drake out in a sense, like you just said, like it just gets people excited about Drake, which is good for the Drake business, right? Yeah, he's got a style. It's funny. It has people, you know, maybe gets a sense of like people, he, he, enjoy, he enjoys the humor. It, it drives Drake TikToks. It drives people doing whatever, you know. Yeah. And there's only, you know. <laughs> right. It makes Drake, it makes Drake bigger. Um, right. And Drake can sell more concert tickets and you can't chat GPT a concert. <laughs> like, okay. And that's where Drake makes his money. So, yeah. So I, I guess I guess that's kind of my question on this. It's that uh, if if you, if you look at uh, if you look at the average script, the average the, the average script that's written is not very good. So it's like could could a bot write write the average script? So sure, uh, so could my so could my three year old or my five year old. But uh, the average the average song on an album is not the best song you ever heard. So, but what moves? entertainment forward and what 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 moves the needles is these things that are unexpected and out of the park and completely different so it's it's it is the proposition here that that this could provide basically filler and then the 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 big swings uh you still need artists for or how do you see that yeah that's sort of how i see the world going is it's going to drive a real split between the high end and the middle like at the high end if you're blockbuster Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, they're going to have scripts that are really poured over by a big team. They're going to have the big talent. They're going to have effects artists working really hard. But 
then you know, a few layers down from that, you know, there's this vast appetite for content. And this is sort of low-budget shows. This is tons of albums that you can get on Spotify, but you wouldn't hear of if you weren't following them closely. This is a, lots and lots of websites that have content that are trying to drive balls to show some ads. And for a lot of that filler, the AI is going to be cheaper and faster than doing it any other way. Well, you said in your story, James, you called it the, we're already on a YouTube treadmill, that that the cultural purpose of so much of the internet is just more, more, more. And, um, and that's kind of lowered our expectation of what quality content actually means. And I think, you know, so I thought of two things when I read that line. One was, um, Netflix saying, Reed Hastings, the um, now executive chairman of Netflix, saying that Netflix isn't competing with other streaming services, but they're competing with YouTube. And the second thing I thought of, of another com- another company they knew, Spotify, where they are they don't make money because they're constantly in this um, war of paying for uh, music licensing. And, um, and so if you are putting into Spotify, I want like, you know, it's, I want the chill playlist or whatever you could Spotify could start. And they already do this. They recommend, uh, I think artists with lower license uh, fees and you could start just populating your own music in there. Right. Absolutely. I mean, right now, Spotify is you know steering people to artists that cost it less, sponsoring artists in some cases. You could easily imagine having an AI that just churns out an endless playlist of music that fits a vibe, and they're going to not pay paying anything for that. If you don't care which specific song you're listening to, then they'll just fill that with their own AI-generated stuff. But, yeah. okay, who owns the rights? Like, this is, you, you know, this is your specialty. It's a gigantic mess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so if I take, like, Drake it, and I were to, you know, not, not me, but somebody who actually knows how to, to make the tech, somebody were to take that, you know, a few steps, few notches up, they have it write tighter lyrics, they put more work into the production quality, and they started reducing, releasing albums of fake Drake and right. just, you know, trying to have those actually really compete with him. Yeah, you know, that sounds an awful lot like copyright infringement to me, the same way that somebody who is, or, you know, right of publicity, somebody like passing themselves off as Drake, releasing the lost Drake albums. You know, that, you, you can't do that. I right. think it gets a lot harder for things that are in the style of an artist or for things that are in a genre that a whole bunch of other people are working in. Cause you can't point to any one place that this is being drawn from. You're sort of drinking in the, the everything that's in the air. It's an aesthetic. They don't even really know like the AI has just been fed all this stuff that is copyrighted uh, and is generating things that is, you know, yeah, as you said, in the feeling of, but it is not technically this thing. So you had a kind of interesting like, Napster kind of like throwback to like, yeah, we kind of went through this a little bit with Napster way back when was kind of, you know, not similar, but not dissimilar, I guess. Is that right, James? Yeah, there's a sense in which Napster, you know, closed in the end because it couldn't tell what was copyrighted and what wasn't. Right. Like they couldn't, they didn't have enough visibility with their own product to block the infringing stuff when a court told them to. Right. And, and AI AI's creators have even less. They right. really don't know how the insides of their own models work. Well, can, so, I, wanna, can I bring yeah. up, 
can I bring up one more example you had in the story about, um, so we're living in this age for better or worse of sequels and spinoffs. And we heard that on the Disney call that, and we saw that happen with Showtime this week that they're entering their own multiverse of, you know, billions, the show or what, you know, whatever Dexter. And, um, uh, and so you put in, um, uh, you, I, uh, create a pitch for the next fast and furious. Is that what you typed in? Yeah. It's a chat GPT. And what came out? So it gives a pitch for the team has to go to space to retrieve a stolen satellite. <laughs> and somehow the chat GPT was completely convinced there were going to be exciting car chases in space. Well, there could be, but, um, and, and they, they gave it a title though. They gave the name, they gave the movie a title, right? Yeah. It's, it, it can hallucinate anything right it, give it a genre it'll just start bsing uh everything it can yeah i think that i think the name they gave it was fast and furious colon legacy i believe which was not not a bad title actually yeah, it's all right um and but what's so james like where there's currently i i don't think it's resolved yet litigation around um top gun because the top gun sequel um it was, I think, from the original intellectual property that Top Gun number one was based on, and didn't. I don't think they were participants in Top Gun uh, two, the one that was out last year. Um, right. And could you see a universe where, you know, any of that kind of? I mean, it's already a murky world of rights and ownership as is. Could uh, does how does this change that? And I sort of think for like the big name properties, the things that have a title people recognize. For the most part, you're going to have to steer clear of that because if you say, I'm doing Top Gun and I'm doing it with my own characters, but it's Top Gun, right. then they're going to find a way to say, well, you're, you're copying creative aspects of our work. But if you do a school uh, <laughs> and then you have it like Top Gun like characters. Take notes, everyone. <laughs> Which yeah, is like, what Hollywood does anyway all the time, right? I mean, how many, you know, friends, you know, they're not friends, but neighbors. It's whatever, it's whatever right? So, I mean, it's just a different <laughs> version of this, right? That's the that's really the great part, which is like it's not the AI is doing something wild and radically different. So <laughs> right. Hollywood's just done for years. More like what people have been doing, just a whole lot more of it. So maybe the effect of this is uh, Hollywood has to step up its game to uh, prove this is this is actually human generated uh, uh, programming here. Uh, we're not we're, we're not written by computers. It's I mean I think it puts uh, more value on like the music, live music, and shows because then huh. there's an energy in the room that you're just not going to get from you know an AI. Your laptop, and I think yeah, for Hollywood, it's the spectacle, it's the event. Right. More than so, the content, you know, we Hollywood, as um, you may follow a little bit, James, it's it's constantly has this undercurrent of labor issues. And a lot of it, a lot of the labor issues have stemmed from um, disruptions, technological disrupt, disruptions that have uh minimized pay or reduced pay or created more hours or uh, lots of things that have not been great for workers here. And um, you have some other examples that I thought we should play because the, then it becomes like there are certain um crafts jobs here where um and you say this in your piece that like low budget films due to some of because of some of this uh available ai can take on the look of uh big blockbuster movies that would have you know t- budgets 10x of what the film is 
uh, what the film has, a small film might have. Um, but you, um, like, you know, you, you created a sound well, clip. The, yeah. And, no, no. So you had some, Im- you should check this out in the piece. Cause there's some images that it can create. And you're like, create a, was it a werewolf or something? You're just like, you know, it, it can create cyberpunk really- wolf, cyberpunk wolf. Exactly. It's a great individual. It's like, that Stunning. looks like it was designed by like a person. So what can you walk us through a little bit of that, James, about just the imagery it can create? Like for for gra- you know, back to Genesis, like for effects artists, for CGI folks, what does this mean for that industry? So I mean, the AI is getting really good at filling in images or making more that look like a source. So OpenAI's Dolly has something called outpainting now where you give it like a Vermeer painting and it just extends it in each direction. So you see more of the room and the things huh. hanging on the wall that weren't mm. in the frame in the original painting. And it does a really credible job making it look right. And you know, if you're, you know, you can sort of imagine a, the effects house working on a show would love to do that with the stand of trees in the background of a shot. Don't put much effort into extending them. Just tell the AI, Filling the whole background with this. Make me a credible crowd. Make me a city that looks like this. You give it a couple of source images and bam, you have your whole matte painting. You have your whole 3D environment. It speeds up. It leverages what they can do. And this is free, right? That's great. But then you can think about all the other places that it hollows out. Right. Because you have these artists who are working on creating effects. And now a much smaller team could make the similar effects. Right. right. Well, so the I, bigger productions get fancier and the smaller productions get much more thinly staffed. You also used an example of typing in um give uh I'd like Bridgerton costume ideas. And what happened? It spits out like a mood board. It's a combination of photos, you know, that are Bridgerton like hand-drawn sketches of possible dresses and suits. There are little props and shoes and trees and things you'd have in the background. It's exactly like the collage that a creator would assemble when they're starting to think about costume ideas. I I also love that uh, it was very 2023 where they also had a bearded man in one of the Bridgerton era dresses, right? I mean, it was like, it was very (laughs) sort of like knowledgeable of like current, the way like of of representation issues as well, which I thought was interesting. so can it, can it create animation? Like, you know, I can get the still part, you know, that you get in your piece, you have the images and stuff, but can it create a sequence of something or is it not quite there yet? Is it going to get there? Like what's, what's the state of like creating actual video clips to output versus just an image of something or so forth? We're not quite there yet. How far off are we on? Then your basic educated opinion here. It's coming, um, right? It'll get less there. Than a year. Less than a year. It'll get there, right? Like by mid set, by mid decade, we will be living in this era. Yeah. Like people know what the technologies are. Film, motion, video is harder because right. you have to have some idea of what the scene looks like in 3D. But, but you could, the tools are getting there. Yeah. And you could just, you could just, I think it's like, it just provides like, at this point, And again, I think it, you can see where it's going mean, to imagine 2030 at this point. That's where like this, that's what this switch really flipped for me of like, all right. This is where we're at today, but like technology goes in one direction. It's not going to like, oh, this is it. Like, no, this is only going to get better over time as, you know. I sort of want to separate the question of how good and how creative 
is the stuff that people are viewing from the question of how profitable different parts of that stuff are. Hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, Hollywood looks pretty formulaic right now because that's the really big tent poles are making a lot of money. But if you take a longer perspective on the video that people are watching and you include, you know, movies made for streaming services, you include pe- videos people are uploading to YouTube, it's actually a time of incredible creativity across the whole ecosystem. It's just that, like, for one slice of it, the money's got concentrated into these very famous, very big movies. Like, I know a, a good future would be one in which we get lots of interesting entertainment and a lot of people can make a living producing it. I'm sort of more worried about the world in which we've got lots of entertainment, but very few creative people are making it than one in which the robots just take over and kill us all. Well, I want to play this clip um, where it was, it was pretty good um, that you, I think I had said like, like, can you create something from like the Marvel cinematic universe? Uh, And you, Put in a prompt of epic soundtrack using orchestral instruments. Uh, so let's let's take a listen. I'm sure a real composer would say that's not perfect. That's not great. But to the casual listener, that's probably okay, right? First credit where credit's due. I didn't make that. A bunch of very smart uh, techies at Google created an AI that did that. This is just one of their samples. But yeah, that's actually pretty credible. Uh, yeah. Like It's not John Williams, but it is you know better than you'd get... Uh, on something I could make. Right, right, right. I mean, that uh, to score and create something of that quality would be several days work, several employees, or th- several, you know, musicians. Um, you'd have to rent out studio space, all those things, right? Yeah. And now you just get it by typing a few sentences into an AI, listening to some results, you know, telling it more like this, please extend that out to a few minutes hit these beats and voila there you go um can i put out a dr evil thought for you here uh so combine this with like deep fake technology (laughs) put these together am i is that is that a very dangerous combination in your in your mind going forward deep fake being like the 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 fake tom cruise instagram account and things like that yeah i think it's kind of unsettling i sort of worry what celebrity fan culture is going to be like when we get really pervasive deep fakes with people are already having drama over the smallest things that celebrities say now they're going to have drama over the things the celebrities didn't say and didn't write in some other chat gdp wrote or something like that too you know combine those well you you uh, showed a website in your um yeah there was your a, piece, yeah. This, this person is not real.com and that's creepy where, and it just goes, uh, circulates through images of, uh, uh, fake, you know, d- you know, artificially generated humans that look stunningly real. I mean, those, those pictures are out there now. 
Like yeah. lots of LinkedIn profiles have these fake photos because it's just a part of a phishing scheme to try to get you to make a business connection with mm. a fake person. Mm. Yeah. Um, Guys, so, one quick, oh, sorry. Just go one ahead, quick go business, ahead. business question. So is Google like <laughs> in a jam right now, just from a business point of view? Uh, obviously they didn't have a great week with their bard uh which believe that where it is uh, as a name um but what's your take on this as a you know from the business side of what's the tech culture has been built on for at least the past 10 if not 20 years yeah the tech culture is built around the internet and doing things at scale with software google was the preeminent I mean, example huge, of mess. that they owned it and Google and Microsoft and Facebook, these companies have known since the middle of the last decade that AI is the future, and it's going to be really big. Facebook's also betting on VR because they're crazy, but they've been (laughs) investing heavily in AI. And I think the problem for Google is the future came faster than they were expecting. Right. They weren't ready to actually move this into their products yet, and their hand is being forced. Right. Well, Google got out Googled. Um, you know, this was the case of with them, you know, what they did to everybody, what, 10 or 15 years ago. So, um, okay. So James parting thoughts are how afraid should Hollywood be? I don't think Hollywood should be afraid that everyone will wake up and the town will be gone, but everybody should be absolutely thinking about how, Basically, every creative job in the industry is going to look different as a result of this. Okay. <laughs> and that's your full like, note. Yeah. <laughs> can I make it to my retirement? Uh, how many years? I think how, much t- how much time are we buying? It's like, you know, I think it's a lot sooner than we were thinking or people were thinking as you said this is like this is a just a it just really astounds there's a major leap here that like i think we all kind of feel it but i don't know if it's settled in yet james is that am i being too hyperbolic there or no it's my job to look out for trends like this and think about them in advance you see this one caught me by surprise and it hasn't sunk in for me yet okay oof all right um Uh, all right well james will let you um go back and teach and do uh more important <laughs> things than talk on this podcast or to, about about uh things to come in entertainment um james thank you so much for joining us it's been a great pleasure thank you for having me awesome thank you thank you, thank you james uh again you can check out that piece at the angler.com i highly recommend it that just really got my wheels i clearly got my wheels turning this week janice richard it was your i mean i'm curious what your take to that to that piece was as well yeah, I mean, I, I I think that, like I say, I think that a lot, most of entertainment is is mediocre, and uh, I think filling in some of the mediocre entertainment is 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 definitely something that that people should be worried about. But um, you know that it, it it raises the bar to Hollywood to show this is this this is a human created uh, movie here that uh, I, I I think. I, I I think I think being just okay is has always been the enemy of uh, of, of Hollywood. The the if you're willing to settle for just for being just okay, and you've got to you've got to do better. And this uh, this makes the challenge more stark. 
Yeah, but you could as a, I mean, it's like writing number, like, you know, the WGA, you know, uh, deals coming up and so forth. Like as a writer, not even like the studio is going to hire or, you know, create their own scripts, but being a writer, you could put a scenario in to get you started and then continue on from there as a base or give me another episode of, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z of, of Grey's Anatomy after 20 years. Like I need a new plot line, like, you know, and that's your starting point. Like just as a tool, I just like, I, you know, I don't know, I just got my mind going. I like, uh, that could just change. I mean, yeah, how fast but, but, things are. Or... But but then if that's the baseline that you can do that, it will uh, raise the bar for Grey's Anatomy writers to come up with something totally or amazing that that uh, that that the AI couldn't think of. Um, I mean, it's it's not like any of the Fast and Furious of the last eleven Fast and Furious movies couldn't have been written by. Uh, by uh by by a bot or anything it's that be uh, or taken that long to write i'm saying you could knock out that script now and two three you know, a lot faster than you could I mean, before if, if they had written the last one i might have understood what the heck was going on for two seconds of that movie uh but but uh our car actually did go into space in that one so, I know. Uh, it's gonna be yeah, oh. exactly. yes yeah. they, did, they <laughs> so, did break that frontier in the last one uh the fast x teaser or trailer just dropped today too so let's see let's see if there's any space in that movie but i don't, I don't <laughs> think so so anyway uh all right well janice anything else in your mind uh magic mike titanic titanic <laughs> the original the original cgi movie yeah maybe i'll take my daughter to maybe i'll take my daughter to the theater to sit through that the original three-hour movie (laughs) exactly uh and uh the super bowl janice who do you got you buried the lead here come on (laughs) you know i'm going out to dinner that night so (laughs) i i i have no i i have no horse in the race janice (laughs) yeah Like Richard, Richard is like you know has the face paint uh, ready to go though. Yeah, go Dodgers! (laughs) You guys are the worst. (laughs) (laughs) You do know the rest of America will be watching this, correct? Okay, yeah, I know, and that's why that's why we rely on you, Sean, to be the the surrogate for the NFL uh, watching (laughs) audience. And who who's who's your like? Who's your Uh, pick? I cannot root for the Eagles. That's not even going to be remote of an option. So yeah, no, that's not. Oh, that's like a New Jersey beef thing, right? Yeah, there's a yeah. That's uh, Eagles are one of the least liked franchises in all of sports. So uh, not just in New York, but sorry, Eagles fans. I know they'll get. Don't at me on it. It is what it is. Uh, But yeah, so but Uh, there's a lot of love out for them this year. I don't know. We'll see. Philadelphia is the best uh, junk food city in America. So <laughs> no, no, uh, no barbecue. Much, Richard, much no, under discussed. So I, I, I cheeseburgers uh, and uh, barbecue. Uh, other than that, um, I guess of course subscribe to the Ankler at theankler.com. and again follow us on the socials at the Ankler. Uh, thanks as always for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.